Yo, welcome to another episode of Good Morning Fantasy. Akash and I are back. No more Steve, no more Joshua from last episode. Akash is back with the show as usual, obviously. Uh, Today we have a great one for you. We are going to be taking a look at players that are pretty deep, I would say, that can finish at the top of their position. Dark horses to finish at the top of their position this season. Going to be giving you eight players overall, or one per each position, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end each, who's going outside the top 12 at their position in ADP, who could finish as the number one overall at that position. Uh, we'll be starting off with quarterbacks, and I'm just going to toss it over to Akash right away. Give us your quarterback going outside the top 12, who could finish as the number one QB overall this year, and why. Mine was Justin Fields, and it's not a case that I'm throwing my entire weight behind, but there's something that... I do think is absolutely possible. And a lot of it hinges on his prospect profile. Not that he is, we should ignore his rookie season because he was legitimately bad as a rookie. But <laughs> a lot of rookies don't play well as, as quarterbacks. And it's not well, that he was legitimately should, bad, but this year yeah, he's he going to be really bad. good. Right. And it's not that we should just throw out his rookie season and just look at his prospect profile, but the prospect profile gives us an indication of a really high ceiling combined with his good draft capital when he was drafted in the early first by the Bears. But as a passer in college, he had 10, about 10 adjusted yards per attempt every single season, which is a phenomenal mark to achieve in college. The average of quarterbacks who finished top five in fantasy football in the NFL only have about eight-ish adjusted yards per attempt, where Fields, every single season that he started, hit 10, which is... Absolutely fantastic. And the other thing that you need to finish top five at quarterback, along with good passing, is good rushing, where we know Justin Fields is a good rusher. He, sure. I believe, was top five in rush attempts per game at the quarterback position last year. And he was a great rusher in college. No one's denying that. So if he can take a stride from his rookie season, it has to be a pretty good stride because he was bad last year. But mm-hmm. if he truly is the man we saw in college who dominated every single season he started in college, then he can take a leap and be a top five fantasy football quarterback because of that rushing volume as well as good passing. It, it'll sure. be tough. You know, he doesn't exactly have the best core of weapons between Cole Komet, who I mistyped as Cole Komet, and <laughs> Darnell fucking Mooney. But Justin Fields, if he is... If he is him, and right now he thinks he's him, but if he is indeed him, then he can be carried by his rushing ability and good and serviceable passing or good passing into a top five finish. You know, he has a good ceiling, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't not like Justin Fields as a player. I think he does have upside, mm-hmm. um, but I just don't think this is the year for him. Yeah. I think we need to see him get more weapons. And I think we need to see him, you know, take a bit of a step forward as a passer. But first and foremost, I think the Chicago Bears yeah. need to address getting Justin Fields some weapons that are not mid. Uh, <laughs> Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. They're good players, don't get me wrong. They really are in, in real yeah. life. But uh, th- you're going to need more than Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet if you're really going to want to take your let your young quarterback take a step forward. It's similar to what like, I was saying about Mac Jones when all the Boston fans came to my neck online when I said that they had a bunch of mid-receivers. And it's just the truth. They do. They just don't have anybody and they're at a wide receiver position that's that good. Uh, they have a bunch of very average players, and that mm-hmm. might get the job done in terms of real-life production. But in terms of fantasy football production, 
and a young quarterback taking a step forward, you're going to need to invest some capital in a top-tier wide receiver, right? And we've seen that year over year uh, with, you know, with, you know, with different quarterbacks, and uh, then they take a big step forward. So that's actually going to lead a, a nice transition into my quarterback going outside the top 12 that I think could have a shot. Yeah, before sorry to interrupt, but just want to say that, yeah, it is a tough bet. I think it might be a year early, but I had to choose to fit the parameters of this between guys like Tua, Trevor, um, Fields, and your guy, um, who I'll let you get into. So it's it's tough. You know, these are all kind of long shots because if they're actually had a good shot, they'd be drafted. Like where Trey Lance is getting drafted, actually in the top 12 quarterbacks. And I think we both like Trey Lance a more than those guys so let you get into your guy now who i also think is a, a long shot but definitely has upside yeah for sure i think i think both our guys really do have like foreseeable futures where they could easily be top 12 if everything goes right for them but this is top one right so you're gonna try to put together like the best case scenario for your quarterback for as far as upside goes and for me that guy's gonna be zach wilson uh i've been a zach wilson fan for a while now actually in terms of fantasy football production and i like him coming out as a prospect he has a really nice arm uh, he slings the ball downfield. And I also think that, you know, the Jets did what the Bears did when I was talking about with Justin Fields, is they gave, they have Zach Wilson weapons, man. They really gave him weapons. Elijah Moore is a really solid young wide receiver. Garrett Wilson is going to be a great prospect. And I also just think that this team has a slew of quality weapons now. It's going to be Garrett Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore. Bra- Braxton Berrios is honestly a really underrated wide receiver, in my opinion. And then also... Um, I think that Brees Hall and Michael Carter should be decent weapons passing out of the backfield as well. I think that Zach Wilson has the opportunity to throw a lot of passes this year in an offense, and a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot in the New York Jets is going to be a high-passing volume team, I project. Um, I think that Zach Wilson, if everything combines into a stellar year for him, breaking out, he follows the recipe of a quarterback who's young, got a bunch of brand-new shiny weapons that helps him take the step forward. We saw it with Joe Burrow. We saw it with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. We've seen it with a bunch of other players now. Um, I think, you know, Zach Wilson getting all these young prospects uh, as good weapons could, you know, align for him nicely if things go uh, things go well. So, yeah, I like that. I have another one. It's yeah, go ahead. Of, it's it's funny. You're you're gonna laugh, but Deshaun Watson, if he doesn't get suspended, if Bro. they push, if they push it and say, okay, there's still a lot going on with it with all the trials and stuff maybe we'll uh wait and and see and maybe suspend him in 2023 i don't know how likely that is um but i have heard from some people on twitter who do law i guess that it is possible or if they just decide that uh if in the very low percentage chance um that they decide that um his 2021 season was him sitting out and they say okay we're not gonna suspend him it's a low chance but if he doesn't There's get no suspended, way, bro. top five quarterback, he's or comes really close to it. I so swear to God, it's a low percentage chance, but if it's the parameters, so I'm putting it in. Take that. No, you know what? You're right, but I feel like if they if they don't suspend Deshaun Watson for at least a season out, everyone will go burn down Roger Goodell's house. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. But hey, never say anything's impossible. Yeah, anything's possible, especially with the NFL and their suspensions. You never know. Right, exactly. All right, uh, I'll, I'll kick it over to you for your first uh, – well, not your first. Your only running back pick outside the top 12 who has top one uh, potential. Go ahead. Top five. Whoa. Don't forget the parameters, man. 
I thought it was top one. No, it's top. It's top five. Come on, man. Okay, whatever. Top one is so hard. Uh, it's such a narrow window that I think trading for top five is is more than okay. But Travis Etienne could easily be a top five running back this season. The injury is keeping his price down for a reason. You know, Liz Frank injury is nothing to scoff at. But he's a he was a great receiver in college, and where, where he had um, in his last two years of college, he absolutely smashed receiving tr- thresholds with ten percent of Clemson's receiving yards, and then fourteen percent of Clemson's receiving yards. That is a fantastic mark. He was a workhorse in college as well, first round draft capital. The only concern for me is injury, and even then, I've heard I've heard some people say that it is a small worry. I've heard some people say that he. Uh, He'll most likely be fine, um, but he definitely has tremendous upside if he can return well from that injury. Uh, James Robinson is not really a concern, him being factored out because of the Achilles injury, which means he probably started the season on the pup list and could miss a, a part of the season. And so Travis Etienne with his first-round draft capital, uh, the investment in the team, we know he's a good player because of that, or we, at least we have a very good idea of that. And so if he can take the job early with James Robinson on pup, um, be a good rusher, he's as a, he's a great receiver, he can take the job and and not look back and he'll just he absolutely has top five upside. Yeah, I love it. I have tweeted about it a couple times now, but I, I seriously believe that at his ceiling, Travis Etienne could see like Alvin Kamara levels of receiving work. Like I, I mm-hmm. love Etienne. He his profile is receiving back mostly, who also can take him between the tackles. And you know, that's a very rare skill set in the NFL to have. And also, you know, with the modern day NFL deploy- deploying more of quote unquote like offensive weapon position guys like Cordero Patterson, Debo Samuel, those kind of players where like it's like the, you know, flex them out wide, give them more to opportunities to get them easy manufactured touches in space. I think the recipe is there for ETN to have a monster season. I love Travis ETN. Uh, we actually debated before the show who would get to take him as their running back prospect to pick for this because we both love ETN so much. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I, I, love, I love ETN. The upside's fantastic. The rapport is already there with Trevor Lawrence from college, uh, if you want to go a little bit of narrative street there. I, I really like Travis ETN, bro. I, I love him. I think he's going to have a great year, and he has excellent upside, as we just discussed. Uh, my pick for the guy who has potential to be top five upside is going to be Brees Hall. Uh, I love Brees Hall. He's an excellent prospect in a situation that I think is pretty underrated in the New York Jets. I already talked about Zach Wilson. I think this Jets offense is taking many steps in the right direction, adding in a ton of weapons. I think that they're going to ground the ball a lot more with Brees Hall this year. He's in, he's just a really good prospect, honestly. A talent over situation for me, even though I think the situation's good. Uh, you know, shout out to Alex Crusoe again for digging out this stat. But out of five of the last five years, we've seen a rookie running back be top 15. And four out of the last five years, you've seen a rookie running back be top six for fantasy football. Uh, so Brees Hall, I think, you know, he fits the mold for a guy who I think has really high ceiling. Again, he's just a really good player in a situation that I think is good. And rookie running backs just flat out produce. So I think the stars are aligning nicely for Brees Hall this year in his first season in New York. And I think it's a very reasonable uh, future to say that he could finish top five this year if everything goes well for him. So, Yeah, he has a good ceiling. It's... It's uh might be harder to reach as a as a second round rookie, but I like it. Who would you who would you say has a better shot of being a top five running back? Travis Etienne or Brees Hall? Etienne, definitely. All right, so you're it's with me. Let's go. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Like I said, we debated about who got to pick Etienne before we started the show. Oh yeah, that's true. That's right. 
I love ETN. Oh, I win. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. Next up, the wide receivers. I've been going first, so I'll let you go, Luke. You can say your wide receiver. How kind. All right, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with a guy I've been talking about a lot. He is my probably my number two, my guy of the year behind Trey Lance. It's gonna be wide receiver Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think he's in for a huge year. I think he's gonna eat Jerry Judy's lunch. I think that he's just a better player. I think that Russell Wilson's gonna like throwing the ball to him more than Jerry Judy. I think he has higher touchdown upside because he profiles as more of a red zone to a touchdown catcher kind of player. And I just think that this team's gonna be throwing the ball a lot and a high-powered offense in the AFC West, a lot of high-scoring games. I think the re- the recipe is just there. I think he's going to be the DK Metcalf to Jerry Judy's Cor- – uh, sorry, not Cortland Sutton. He's going to be the DK Metcalf to Jerry Judy's Tyler Lockett in this uh, this offense as far as Russell Wilson, you know, play styles go, big-body guy, downfield threat. I think Cortland Sutton is the guy you want to roster for fantasy, and I think that he could finish top five at the position very easily, you know. Uh, you know, touchdowns are obviously going to be the key for Cortland Sutton, but I think he's going to see enough volume and target share and receptions that I think he's going to be in for a huge year as the the favorite target for Russell Wilson in this Broncos offense, which should be very high-powered, hopefully. Yeah. The thing I can point to for that is in his second year, which was it was three years ago, but he's only played one season since that because he tore his ACL in 2020. Uh, he did have a 26% target share, so that's a good mark to hit. Last year, he had a 19% target share. His ADOT did go up. So, you know, when your ADOT goes up, it's harder to earn as many targets because you're going more down the field. Playing with Teddy Bridgewater of all quarterbacks certainly doesn't help that. Um, but, yeah, I think he has uh, a solid season. De- Luke's definitely taking a Hail Mary here with the Sutton pick, but I've heard worse picks of players who have top five upside. Hey, it's not even a Hail Mary. He's my wide receiver 14. Yeah. He's my boy, bro. He's my boy. Yeah, it's just that he's never, I don't know. He's demonstrated some capabilities of earning targets at a very high rate, but that was quite a while ago, and that was an ACL injury ago. Obviously, two years removed from ACL is a lot better than one year removed, and so that could contribute to his numbers being um, less than appealing last year, but his um, he definitely... Definitely, I think it's a Hail Mary. I don't know, I'd be very surprised if he was top five, but... I mean, I would be too, obviously. He's got the offense for it, and hell, you know, he's got a great quarterback, so he can be buoyed by that, in a sense. Hey, man, brother. All right, go ahead. What's your pick? Deontay Johnson for wide receiver, uh, who I think has... Uh, a lot better chance to earn a high percentage of his team's targets where he's absolutely dominated targets over the last two years. Last year he had a 29% target share, which is absolutely phenomenal. He ranked with the corpse of big Ben Roethlisberger behind center, <laughs> the um, who did not lead to an efficient passing offense at all. He finished eighth in points per game with 17 points per game, but he was second in expected points per game with 20.2 expected points per game, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's might be a bit of a tough ass with a combination of Trubisky and Pickett at quarterback. I do think that the efficiency of the offense, I don't expect it to go up a lot. I think it could stay similar or, or go up for from Big Ben because Big Ben was truly awful. But it's the upside of the unknown where Pickett could be good. I don't love him as a prospect, but... 
hell, you know, we've all missed on evaluating quarterback prospects in the past. And so if Pickett is good, um, or Trubisky can be serviceable the way he was serviceable for Allen Robinson before Allen Robinson fell off a cliff, um, then Deontay Johnson can absolutely translate his massive target share into massive fantasy points. For sure. And I also want to say I, I do think Kenny Pickett's a pretty decent prospect, just like on a film side of things. He's very accurate. He throws a really catchable ball, and that's all you really need for Deontay Johnson, honestly. Yeah, you know, we've all been wrong on them before, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll be able to see it. I mean, I definitely think Kenny Pickett will start some games this year for the Steelers. I don't think he'll start a lot, but I do think mm-hmm. he'll start at least like two, three, four games. Yeah. This unless next Trubisky one, tight balls. ends. Hmm? I said unless Trubisky just balls out, I don't, I don't think we're going to see Pickett <laughs> for that often. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, tight ends up be... next. Why don't you? Uh, why don't yeah. you go here? No, at, I insist. After you. What is this kind of Canadian fest? What's happening? Anyway, right. I'm I'll half go, Canadian. Uh, kinda. My mom was born there, but I'm just Indian. All right. So, okay. Yeah, I am. I am letting you go. You're, You're a nice boy. Okay. So for me, my sleeper to be top five this year is going to be Hunter Henry, aka the only good weapon that the New England Patriots possess. This guy basically the recipe's simple, right? Myers, right? Yeah, right? yeah, sure, yeah, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> um, Always forget about him. How dare you? Sure, whatever. Um, you know, Hunter Henry. The recipe is simple, right? He big, he's a big boy. He's gonna catch enough balls, just reception wise. But I also think you know the touchdown upside's immense. He's a red zone threat. He caught a lot of touchdowns last year for the Patriots. I think his role is gonna be pretty similar this year for this offense. Um, I just like I think Hunter Henry's a really quality player in the NFL. And I think that his role is going to stay pretty similar. So, you know, that being said, I think Hunter Henry has a chance. Of, you know, if he just comes down with some more touchdowns, it makes sense. You know, outside the top 12, it's pretty hard to find a t- uh, tight end that has top five upside. But I think Hunter yeah. Henry really has a shot to catch enough touchdowns to the point where he could easily finish top five. Yeah, this one was tough. You know, I do think that for either of these guys to be top five, maybe on a total points basis instead of points per game, but you might have to see like an injury, like uh not like a missing two or three games, but like a real injury to like one of the top five tight ends. But Hey, Travis Kelsey has to die. <laughs> yeah. Like what if, like what if Kittle misses eight games again, you know, we'll see, but it definitely has a shot to, to get up there in, in scoring where they're being drafted pretty late and, Maybe top five is a bit egregious, but definitely could fit themselves into the top eight. I think that's very reasonable, but I'm going with uh, Evan Ingram right here. And a lot of people hate Evan Ingram and it's kind of for good reason. You know, he hasn't exactly been very productive over the last two seasons, but now he's on a new team with another quarterback that hasn't been very good, but maybe he is good because same thing with Justin Fields. We like Trevor Lawrence as a prospect, so maybe he can make strides over the over his entire career. Evan Ingram has been decently productive. He's had uh, he's had a twenty percent target share in three out of five seasons in the NFL, and his other two seasons were seventeen percent and fifteen percent. And one of the things you need for this was um, something that I've I've heard from Andrew Cooper, who's a lead analyst at Fantasy Alarm. I forget his uh-huh. Twitter at, but he's good at tight ends, so you should go give him a follow if you want to find some good tight ends. But he said that the recipe for being a top five tight end is 
you need to be athletic and you need to be uh, a top two target on your team because you pretty much need 100 targets and it's really hard for uh, for teams to have mo- three players have 100 targets. Evan Ingram, we know he's athletic. He's basically a wide receiver in a tight end body, which is fantastic because it allows them to line up all over the field. Absolutely. Getting targets as a receiver where you can go more than like four yards downfield is way more valuable. So he's got that box checked in in the NFL. He's missed some time, but he has multiple seasons with 100 targets. He could absolutely be a top two weapon on the Jaguars who basically have no very established players. I know Christian Kirk could, I could see Christian Kirk having less targets than him. I could see him having more. LaVisca Chenault could be a wild card. Marvin Jones is old. He might fall off. Zay Jones hasn't been good his entire career. But Evan Ingram could definitely be a top two target on this team. He's athletic. He's being drafted right now, I believe, close to tight end 24. So I'm really, really going outside the range. I was allowed to pick anyone from 13 onwards. I went all the way to 22 or 23. So Evan Ingram checks a lot of boxes, kind of. He is a long shot because over the last two seasons, he's averaged nine and seven points per game, which is kind of bad. But his situation was really bad. We had a really bad quarterback and a really bad offense. So maybe there's some hope for him yet because if he can go back to his target earning ways, then he can be productive and, and finish maybe not maybe top five, maybe top eight, but definitely has that capability. Yeah, absolutely. I'll never, I'll never quit him. Simple as that. Yeah, he's he's a very hard thing to put down. <laughs> it's impossible to get rid of that man for real. Sure. All right, he was well, he actually has a top five season in, in his career. I don't think anyone else on this entire yeah, list can say that. Like they've hit a top five season. He was tied in four in twenty seventeen as a rookie. <laughs> that was so long ago. So long ago. It. He was tied tied in twenty three last year. So hey, maybe you're drafting him at his floor. Big brain. Big brain time. Big brain. I like it. Yeah, I just, I just came up with that on the spot, and that was the best line of the entire show. Big brain. Nice. All right. All right well, pick. that was good. That'll do it for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our top five dark horse picks. Uh, we will see you again on Thursday, so don't go anywhere. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Akash, bye. Bye.